Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week we begin the fifth, last book of the Torah, the book of Devarim. And so we start with uh, Parashat Devarim, and just as a general comment about the book of Devarim, uh, this, these are the words that Moshe addresses to Bnei Israel before he dies. And uh, as we'll go through the book, we'll see that essentially uh, Moshe gives three addresses, three shiurim to Bnei Israel, and uh, we'll try to go through them as we proceed through the Sefer. Um, of course, Parashat Dvarim is the beginning of the first address. And uh, it will not end with Parashat Varim, it will extend beyond Parashat Varim, and we'll see more about that next week. Uh, but the basic uh, theme of the first Shior is a historic review and lessons to be learned. Moshe is not uh, functioning as a historian here. Uh, mainly what he is uh, focusing on is what can we learn from the events of the past in order uh, to learn how to properly behave in the future. So the beginning of the parasha is an introduction, saying that this is what Moshe said to Bnei Yisrael, and it tells us very clearly uh, when this happens. This is really towards the end of his life. Uh, it uh, It's also clear from, uh, from his words that he is going to uh, be critical. He's going to say words of admonition uh, to uh, Bnei Yisrael uh, as uh, as he reviews. This is in the fortieth year in the in the midbar in the wilderness, uh, specifically on the beginning of the eleventh month of the uh, of the year. Uh, the eleventh month of the year being uh, Shvat. And uh, it will continue uh, for the rest of that month. So, uh, so first he begins with uh, words of introduction, and he starts his first uh, historic uh, event uh, that he talks about is the uh, the journey from uh, Sinai, from Har Sinai to Kadesh, which took place 39 years before. He recounts how Hashem uh, ordered. Moshe to order Ben Israel to begin to travel to Israel. At that time, uh, Moshe asked for assistance in leading the people, and that's why we have a discussion about the judges that assist Moshe. And as they come close to the land, uh, the people ask for spies. Uh, so this is a different perspective on the incident of the spies. Uh, of course, what we do is we put this perspective together with uh, the way it's depicted earlier in the Torah, and we get a fuller picture, which Moshe is providing for us right now, is the idea that the the impetus, the desire for spies, uh, came from the people. Uh, so that when Hashem said uh, to send the spies, he wasn't giving a command, he was giving permission for them to do uh, what uh, that, what they want. The problem is that when they came back, these spies 
ten of them anyway, uh, uh, brought a very disheartening report. People lost uh, confidence in themselves. They also lost confidence in Hashem, God forbid, that he would be able to help them. And as a result, they, uh, they rebelled. Uh, they rejected the idea of going into the land. And therefore, it was decreed that the entire generation that had come out of Egypt, including Moshe, he says, um, would die out in the wilderness. Uh, this um, incident uh, is connected with Tisha B'Av. Uh, the, way we, uh, the way we understand that this event occurred, specifically the spies returned uh, and gave the disheartening report that that happened on the night of Tisha B'Av and that was when the decree was passed by Hashem that the nation would, or the generation, would die out in the desert. So, as I said, this is always associated with Tisha B'Av, and it's for this reason that our calendar is so uh, structured that we always read Parashat Dvarim uh, on the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av. Shabbat, also known as Shabbat Chazon, vision, uh, vision of Yeshaya, because that is the Haftarah, or that's the beginning of the Haftarah that is read. Getting back to the parasha, uh, Moshe recounts how uh, after receiving this decree, there were people who tried to ascend the land, but were rebuffed, and so they had to continue traveling around uh, Har Seir. After this, Moshe uh, talks about uh, recent encounters. That means in the uh, in the fortieth year, recent encounters with uh, nations to the east of the Jordan. This is at the end of the forty years, and he includes also some important background information. Uh, encounters with Edom comes from Esav, Yaakov's uh, twin brother. Uh, encounters with Moab and then uh, Ammon, both of whom come from Lot, uh, Avraham's nephew. And then encounters with Sihon and Og and Gilad, the Amorites. Uh, what uh, Moshe is uh, is emphasizing is how, when the people obey Hashem. Uh, then it is possible for them to succeed uh, very, very well. But we are also getting some background information uh, about these various uh, these various nations and their and their territories. Um, and in that way, <coughs> the territories which may have been uh, originally uh, designated for these other nations uh, become available through other conquests. Uh, to be conquered by uh, B'nai Yisrael, and that is indeed uh, that is indeed what uh, what happened. So Moshe is talking about uh, this. He also reminds them about the instructions that he had given to the tribe of Gad, the tribe of Ruvain, that they are uh, that they are to fight uh, with B'nai Yisrael or alongside of B'nai Yisrael. Uh, in the conquest of the land, and only then can they have the territory to the east of the Jordan that they uh, that they had wanted. And there's a description of uh, of those conquests and the division of those lands as well. Uh, towards the end of the parasha, uh, Moshe also talks about. Uh, the selection of Yehoshua uh, to be his uh, to be his successor, 
and uh, Moshe says how he commanded Yehoshua uh, to to continue to rule the people. Yehoshua and Kalev were two of the of the spies, but they're they fulfill their mission properly, and therefore they do go into the land that Yehoshua will be Moshe's successor. The, um, I mentioned earlier that this parasha is always read before Tisha B'Av uh, because of the incident of the spies. Another echo of uh, Tisha B'Av is in a verse very early on in the parasha. Uh, where Moshe recounts how uh, he said to Hashem that he needed help in leading the people. Um, he started off by saying, uh, may Hashem uh, increase your numbers uh, a thousandfold and uh, bless you, as he has said. So that this is all blessing. Moshe, uh, Moshe is saying that the people are very, uh, a very large people. Uh, a, a varied people, but he doesn't say this uh, initially. He doesn't say this negatively. He just says, uh, you know, bliayin haraz. We might say, kainayin uh, hara. They're a big people, and uh, he can't do it on his own. But then he says, kind of in a shift, echa esalavadi torchachem umasaachem verivchem. How can I bear, uh, like by myself, without any help? Your, uh, your troubling, your uh, burden, your bickering, uh, inver- inevitably, uh, because there's so many of them, they're going to be uh, a wide variety of, uh, of people posing all kinds of challenges for, for leading. So he says, how can I do this on my own? And the word that he uses is the word Eicha. Now, uh, Eicha is also a critical word in uh, Antisha Be'av, because we read... The book of, uh, in English it's called the Book of Lamentations, uh, the Book of Kinot, as uh, Chazal called it, the Book of Elegies <coughs> and Lamentations. Uh, in, but the first word of the book, and indeed the first word of um, uh, for the, uh, uh, a, a number of the chapters of the Book of Eicha, is the word Eicha. How? How is this possible? Um, and uh, so, when we get to this pasuk in uh, our parasha, it's customary for the balkore in many shuls to switch the melody uh, from the regular melody of the Torah reading to the melody of uh, Eicha. But the Midrash points out that three different Nevi'im used the word Eicha, how, and it's a rhetorical word, um, used this word Eicha in their prophecy. Um, the three were Moshe, as we have in our parasha, uh, Yeshaya, and Yirmiya. Now, Moshe's use of the word Echa is in the pasuk I just read. How can I carry alone your, the, the variety of, uh, of challenges to leadership that, uh, that you pose? Uh, when Yeshaya uses this word, he says, and this Pasuk, by the way, is in the Haftarah of this Shabbat, so it really uh, comes up. Echa haytal How is it possible that that city, uh, which was once so full of people, has now become like a, uh, like a prostitute? So it's again, how? And then Yirmiya, who is the author of 
Migilat Echa starts uh, starts with it Echa Yeshev Avadad. How is it possible that uh, the city now sits uh, uh, isolated? And um, and so all three of these prophets uh, use this word uh, Echa. Uh, in the Midrash, uh, we are we are told that these three uses of the same word uh, really uh, suggest a different uh, tone, uh, and the analogy that is 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 given is uh, a prominent woman um, who uh, a noble woman uh, who went through ups and downs in in her life. And she, and she had three different uh, friends, each one seeing her at a different phase in her life. When she was living in tranquility and prosperity, uh, one friend saw her when she was being reckless, and one saw how she uh, suffered for her reckless, recklessness, and she was then uh, degenerate. Well, Moshe saw Israel in its tranquility, and so when he says "Echa how," he's really pointing out: yes, it's difficult to to lead this people because they're so different. But what it comes from is uh, is, is based on Moshe's desire to uh, to bless the people. He says, "Well, there are a lot of you, uh, so therefore uh, the Echa is during a time of uh, of tranquility of, of Bnei Israel." When Yeshaya sees them, he sees when Bnei Israel are being reckless. Um, and so his Echa is an Echa of, of criticism. Uh, how, how is it that uh, this nation has become so, uh, so corrupt? The city has become so corrupt. And then Yirmiyahu saw them when, they, when uh, the people of Israel suffered. Yirmiyahu witnessed the actual destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. So he saw them in their state of being degenerate. And uh, he says, how is it possible that she lives uh, alone? How is, that, how is that possible? So the same word, Echa, is used in all three contexts. And we will hear these words, uh, Echa, uh, from Moshe in the Parsha from Yeshayah in the Haftarah, and then in uh, Tisha B'Av, later in the week, uh, from Yirmiyahu. Because this word Echa, how, is uh, open-ended enough that it can be stated uh, as uh, wonderment and appreciation, or criticism, uh, or, uh, or being... Uh, being unhappy, being regretful and mournful. Uh, these are the three prophets, these are the two, three friends of, uh, of Israel. And it's, uh, so it's in that spirit that we always read uh, Parashat Devarim uh, on the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av, and we read the Haftarah from the first chapter of Yeshaya, uh, which contains this very this very verse, and then of course on Tisha B'Av, uh, we read Eicha, written by Yirmiyahu. I thank you very much for joining me for this exploration of uh,
Parashat Dvarim, the beginning of Sefer Dvarim. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.